two of overtime, Fan Run Radio. Tennessee getting set to take take their talents down to Starkville, Mississippi. We're going to turn it off of this abomination of a game that we have been watching for the past 20 minutes, Ole Miss and South Carolina. You have done enough. South Carolina, since we turned it on, I think it was at the 14-minute mark. They hadn't scored since then. Of course they haven't. We are turning it on, the game as we speak. Of course, we cannot call the game for you because I don't want to get Nate fined. I'm turning my head. Of course, an unexpected error has occurred. There was a problem. Please try again. If the problem persists, please contact our customer service team. Okay. Um, Jake, do you need the – I think my YouTube's still on there. TV or did I log out? We're about to find out. You just be that man. You gotta get it together. So ass. Terrible man. <laughs> <laughs> just let him have it, Davis. John Dunn of the All Vault Collins Show will be joining us here in about 20 minutes for his weekly appearance. We are about to find out. And yep. There it is. Still in there. Yep. Join live. And down to nothing. Why are they wearing the same uniforms they wore when they were up here? And why are we down two to nothing? Gotta stop. Told you. Start slow. Sluggish game. Lethargic game. And why does Josiah Jordan James look like he's wearing a pair of Converse weapons? (laughs) Fresh. Oh my. I say that I rip him and he scores. Maybe if we just sit here and rip him the whole time, that they'll play well. That's what me and Davis do doing Grizzlies games. Well, I mean, it is what it is. Usually it works out. Sometimes. Yep. They're pathetic. <laughs> playing, oh, playing, playing at the hump. Oh, well, this guy's got scrappy. Oh, man. Well, there we go. Rick Barnes not wearing orange again. Yep. TR's rolling <laughs> over in his grave. <laughs> Rick Barnes did wear orange, though, Saturday. Is that what we lost? Yes. I wouldn't want an orange, orange. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Whopping two points by each team within the first two minutes and 12 seconds. Yay. The the under might be the best play of the year. Goodness. Goodness, goodness, goodness. Oh, my goodness. This is Tennessee basketball. Uh, did, ha, speaking of basketball, um, well, yeah, basketball, I guess. Did you see uh, the update on the Alabama guy? Which yeah, one? I saw it. It was, he said he didn't fire the gun, but he was the, gu- he was the guy that gave the gun to the guy. Well, that's just as bad. Yeah, so that, yeah that's, yeah, that's what is it, uh, accessory to murder? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah mm. accessory to murder, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how that ca- helps his case at all, but, I mean – Really doesn't. He just, like you just said, accessory the motor. So yeah, I mean, he provided it. Yeah. So that's the only update I've seen from that. But like we said yesterday, you know, why even get yourself involved in a situation like that? Why would you even run the risk of doing something like that when you're in his position? You're taken care of. You don't have to pay for rent. You don't have to pay for food. Your education's paid for. Why would you even put yourself in that situation? We ask those uh. questions all the time. Especially hey. after over something so minor, minor altercation. No, no one knows, man, but that's typical Tuscaloosa culture. I don't think this one will get swept under the rug, though. Yep. I will say this: 
jumping back to Tennessee basketball, at least our basketball uniforms have the traditional block numbers. I love that. That's the one thing I love about our basketball team. So keep it traditional. Well, I saw a pin down, so. <laughs> well, Matthew is now checking, checking Twitter out. and everything else. I am tuning out on this game. One pin down, I am checking out. One pin down, yeah, that's it for me, buddy. Oh, man. Just going to do a show with my eyes closed the rest of the, rest of the hour. You got buttons to push? I can probably do it my do it my eyes closed. Oh, Converse can't hit it. Now. Oh, here we go. Here we go again. Here we go. Oh, I thought. Well, are those okay? So everyone saw the red marks on Uros's shoulder. Is yeah. he doing the suction cup thing? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yes. he is. Because yeah. he's still bruised. It's nowhere near as bad as what it was on Saturday, but there's still bruise marks but on so his left shoulder. The thing is, like the darker it is, that's like the worst area it was. So yeah. that's why his shoulder is like. His left, yeah, his left shoulder, yeah, his left shoulder. Have any of y'all done that? I wonder what that feels like. I think I have. It's yeah, Davis God has awful. done it. Yeah, really. Actually, it feels good for a second. Actually, I'm not gonna lie; it does feel pretty good. But then, <laughs> if they put needles in you, that uh, I forgot what it's called. Acupuncture needle therapy. Yeah, yeah, they put acupuncture and the suction on at the same time. Hurts. Has anyone ever had an arthrogram done? A what? A what? An arthrogram. What in the hell is that? So I separated my shoulder and broke my collarbone, and they needed to know how bad it was, so they had to inject a dye in, into my shoulder, like into like the bone. Ah, okay. Into the tendon. Oh, it hurts so bad. Into the joint. My steroid shots feel great. Oh, buddy, I could not feel my arm for every bit of two days, and I had to go serve tables after this. So I'm sitting there just walking around with this tray, had to lay it down on another table, and just limp arm, just handing out drinks. I guess that's a good good excuse, though, if you drop the drinks. Yeah, I mean, Not that anybody would understand. but No, nobody would understand, but, I mean, the good thing is I never dropped them. Yeah. That's one thing I never did. I never dropped my drinks. Take it back. I dropped a tray full of beers one time. I tried to put too many on a tray. Oh, man, sick blackout they have at the hump. I'm convinced they only have one uniform. Shout out to the Tennessee fan in the student section, though. Just saw that. We got a couple in the front row here. Oh, man, they're probably $5. Uh, six is what the lowest ticket price was. Like I said, Davis, you can buy one of them seats up the top, move right down by center court. There we go. Woo-hoo. Hey. Nice, 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 nice. I love that play, finally. No pin downs, and imagine, look what happens. <laughs> no pin downs. What if I made a segment called the pin down? <laughs> I, I would not tune into the next segment. Yeah, I'm not tuning into the <laughs> pin down, man. Oh, you'd be tuning into the pin down because you would be the co-host of the pin down. My mic would be on mute. Oh, my goodness. I'm not. I'm not listening. I'm not listening to. I'm watching a John Wooden offense. I got a peach basket offense, man. Here's some little floppy action. Horns. Up here comes. Up. Well, uh, pin down. (laughs) Let's go to the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Tommy is up. What do you say, Tommy? I don't know. I'm just trying to. No rest of you guys talking about acupuncture and everything. You know. You ever had an arthrogram done, Tommy? 
I can't even spell that. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, you'll be happy to know my guy Bryson here. He's a NASCAR guy. So now we got two NASCAR minds on the show now. Uh, that's, that's good. That way Davis ain't got no just sit there and just unplug and you know, go wash your hands or something. <laughs> <laughs> nah, boys, I got, yeah, I don't know. I, I got a big old pile of trees burning out here. Uh, I went in there and checked on the score a while ago. It was two to two, so it's five to uh, seven. I'm gonna now. give it a little I'm gonna give it a little bit after that Kentucky game. You know, I didn't I didn't go as hardcore as a lot of folks, you know, talking about firing Rick Barnes and talking, you talking about, about me and Justin. Bridges. Yes, <laughs> exactly what I was talking about. I wasn't going to name nobody, but uh, yeah, uh, I think I think we still got a good good ball team. I think we'll pull this one out tonight. Uh, and what is up with those Mississippi State uniforms? They just forget their colors, or I mean, this is the second time they've worn against us. You know, they wore the black uniforms when they came up here, and now they're wearing them again. I'm starting to think I- that might be their only uniform. I would think they yeah. would not want to wear the same uniform they lost by 35 points in. But Oh, you think we're ever going to wear those orange helmets again? No. Nope. We are not wearing we those again. Ever pull, we better not ever pull those out of the closet again. They're, everybody's opinion of the smoky grays, hey, the orange helmets need to go in the closet. You know, we'll give them to a peewee team or something, wish them the best or something. No, why would you uh, disgrace them that. poor kids like that, man? You need to throw those things in the Tennessee River. Yeah, well, I don't know about all that, but uh, I'm going to go ahead and say real quick, since we got another NASCAR guy, you sent a Travis Pastrana news coming for 2311. Yes, that's very exciting, actually. Uh, Well, I just don't know if that's uh, another little bit of waste of money on their part. I mean, they got it to spend, apparently. I mean, when you got but, Michael uh, Jordan and Denny Hamlin, two very, very wealthy individuals, they're going to throw money around. Got, well, and you got Toyota backing it, because Toyota just – only has one major cup car, you know, that's Joe Gibbs. So, uh, let me ask you this, Tommy. How sad. silly do they look right now watching Kyle Bush get sponsor after sponsor after sponsor? Uh, the sponsorship wasn't the problem, I don't believe. I believe it was the dollars. And when Kyle Bush finally brought out the hey, I'm, I'm gone, that's when them said, what we're out to. You know, or Mars, you know, with Skittles, Hershey's, uh, pedigree dog food, everything. So, uh, but with that, you know, they're talking about possibly, you know, doing this for a third-car team to possibly get Kurt Busch back into it. That would be interesting to see, and I'm a big Kurt Busch guy. You know this, and you know why I am. But, right, you know, it's just, uh, it's going to be an interesting season just given, you know, what little bit of movement we've got. You know, Kevin Harvick, obviously – this is going to be his last year in NASCAR. Somebody who got basically just thrown to the wolves. And then two races later, he's taking the car that Dale Earnhardt was driving and takes it to victory lane two weeks after that. That was incredible. Oh, I, I remember watching that race. Boy, I had, I still get chill bumps watching the, the replay on that, him beating Jeff Gordon just by just mere inches at the line with the same pit crew with Chocolate Myers knowing all the guys and the emotions that went through with that season. And and a season a whole with DEI, you know, with uh, Steve Park and, of course, Dale Earnhardt going back to Daytona uh, Junior and, and you know, of course, winning the thing with Michael Walsh up there in Enfield. You know, all that was uh, – that's pretty special. But I don't want to burn up y'all's time with some NASCAR. So, hey, go right uh, ahead. Out. We're just sitting here watching a basketball game that we're not allowed to talk about. 
Well, I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here watching a pile of trees burn. Well, it's getting hot too. I had some old trees die. I had to push them over and and uh, burn them. But uh, uh, what's the outcome of this game? Y'all think we're going to pull through? Um, we should. I'll say that we should. But I we also we should have won on Saturday, but we didn't. I think we will too, Tommy. I it's, think we pull this one through. We're just starting slow. I mean, we'll be all right. I mean, too, real quick, going back to sports. Uh, what about Nico? You know, ranked number one finally because you know we've seen the competition Arch Manning played in down there at Newman. Uh, if his name was Arch I mean, Smith, he'd be a three star. That's exactly what me and my buddy was talking about today. I said, if his name was Tommy Davis or if his name was Kyle Noel, he wouldn't even be on the radar. He'd be a two or three star at least. He'd be going to play for maybe Murfreesboro or Western Kentucky or something like that. I mean, that's you're not wrong. I mean, that's that's the thing with him is it's kind of like Bronny James. You know, he's a four star and he's got the highest NIL valuation right now of any player, high school or college. Solely because his name is Bronny James. Uh, hey, Bronny, Bronny James can hoop. He might be able to hoop, but he ain't gonna be nothing like LeBron. Oh, uh, well, I mean, no. I hope he's got a better personality. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I hope he don't try to run out there and say he's better than Michael Jordan. Because look, I'm not a basketball guy. You know, I just got turned on the last few years. Um, but uh, I grew up knowing Chicago Bulls were the team when everybody was a Bulls fan. It didn't matter where you went, what state, what region. Everybody was a Chicago Bulls fan. Because oh, if you were coming Bulls. up in the 90s, you were a Chicago Bulls fan. Yeah, I, I still got one up in the attic. I got to find it. I've got a little mini uh, red and black Chicago Bulls basketball with the, the 23 logo on it and everything. Thank you, Tommy. That, uh... I finally have a fellow Jordan guy here. So. I'm a Jordan guy. What are you talking about? Ah, well. Yeah. Oh, Jordan Gambler is, doesn't come near LeBron. He, oh, oh like here, here we go. Here we I go. I had to get on Jordan. I had to get on Jordan, too, when he bought in NASCAR. So, you know, that's a big plus. Well, at least he's got wins. Better than his Charlotte Hornets. My mm. Oh, my God. That, that was the most dysfunctional <laughs> team in the NBA. <laughs> Why you got to bring that up, man? I mean, <laughs> They're about to catch a Rico charge, the whole thing. <laughs> that's, that's like bringing up 9-11. I mean, you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, boys, I'm going to get off here and let y'all get back to it and let somebody else get here and ramble for a little while. Y'all have a good evening. Appreciate the phone call, Tommy. I, I love a Tommy call. I, you never know what you're going to get. I kind of zoned out for five minutes because I didn't know who the hell or what the hell y'all were talking about with NASCAR, but sounds interesting. Yeah, that is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know how to pan out, but it's pretty cool. What, yeah. I, I don't know what's going on with this offense, but the uh, passing. Oh, what is this score? Look at the pa- the passing ability of this team is off right now. I saw how many, how many passes on the last time when they falling out of bounds? Three? Four. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. Ziegler dribbled it out, and some dude named Davis, fake Davis, just rips it from him. So I don't know what's going on right now. Five points in six minutes. Woo-hoo. This is the Rick Barnes offense of tomorrow. We have scored five points. And six and a half minutes of gameplay. This is, okay, this is this just, this is bad. This is just bad. It's all well, you bad. can't fire him because you don't know who you're going to get. My collector going to collect. He ain't going to win. You know it, not not. Give me... Ooh, 
I want to say throw the bag at Jay Wright, but he may be boring too, but he wins in March. He sure does. He oh, sure. it would be a boring brand of basketball, but the thing is. He gets it done. It would be worth it. Mm-hmm. He gets it done. I mean, I mean, you look at the players that came through him. Eric Pascal went there. Josh Hart went there. Jalen Brunson went there. I bring up Eric Pascal. <laughs> hey, first one that came to my mind. Eric Pascal. And Olivier man. just gets burnt. Nice. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's looking around like he doesn't know what to do with his life. Probably, well, probably walking the cool means tonight. <laughs> <laughs> stay, stay with us. Overtime right. continues. More fan run radio on the way. Back here on Overtime Fan Run Radio, it is time for the man himself to join us. John Dunn of the All Ball Calling Show joins us for his weekly appearance. What's up, John? Man, I don't know what I did to deserve such an introduction, Jake, but I appreciate it, man. How are you guys doing? Doing pretty good, man. You know, we're um, we're not allowed to talk about the game while it's going on and can't really give play-by-play, so we're just kind of puzzling stuff together, man. We're talking about a little bit of NASCAR. We're talking about Michael Jordan. Talking about Bronny James. What else did we talk about? We talked about an arthrogram, if you've ever heard of that. An arthrogram. Fill yeah. me in. So when I separated my shoulder, broke my collarbone, they had to give me an MRI. But before they could do the MRI, they had to inject a dye into my tendon. That sounds both painful yet intriguing. Oh, it was awful. It was very awful. But, John, we're not here to talk about arthrograms or NASCAR or um, – yeah, any of the stuff that we were just talking about during the break. So let's talk some Tennessee basketball. Of course, coming off a very disappointing loss on Saturday, a game in which Tennessee was heavily favored. Chris Lofton getting his jersey retired. And you got all those guys that are sitting there. You've got Allen Houston, Candace Parker, all these guys that are legends of the program coming in for this. And it was just one of those things that seemed like Pat Adams wanted to take control of the game. Also, Tennessee was not shooting the ball well and just wanted to get your thoughts on why Tennessee lost this game and if there's any way to improve it or if it will improve, given the stubbornness of our coaching staff. Yeah, man. So offensive inconsistencies continue to be Tennessee's Achilles heel. Uh, It makes it even more tumultuous of a task when Pat Adams is in the building, a very whistle-happy referee, ticky-tacky in the first portion of the game, especially it seemed like in the second half. I mean, it, it, they were letting everything go in the second half of the game, including what could have only been described as, you know, first-degree assault uh, in, in certain instances. But, um, you know, again, Tennessee's offensive inconsistencies continue to plague them. It, it's it's hard to blame officiating when Tennessee's still in the game at the end of the game. Uh, you got to hit layups. you got to rebound. When you're out-rebounded by 20-plus, uh, it's a problem, you know, so – uh, guys like Euros Plavsic coming down with three rebounds. I realize he had a 19-point game, but three rebounds for a seven-footer, that's that's not going to get it done. Uh, missing layups, again, around the rim, high-percentage high buckets. Got to have those. Um, but we do need to start seeing more of guys like Tobey Awaka. Um, you know, I still have yet to see hide nor hair of, of B.J. Edwards. Um, you know, I don't know what the deal is with Freddie. Um, but, you know, if these guys are ready to go, why not? You've had leads of 30-plus points against – teams the past couple weeks you know not not with the Kentucky game and such but South Carolina and, and for this very Mississippi State team if I'm not mistaken the the game before that so 
Um, you know, you've had substantial leads. Why not get these guys some playing time? You know, if they're not ready, help them get ready. That you cannot replicate in-game experience. We've talked about that with football. That's something you can't replicate, even at practice. I don't care how good your team is. So getting them acclimated to the speed of the game and stuff like that is extremely important. Why not do that? Because you could utilize them in these moments. you got guys like Tyreek Key, Santiago Viscovi out tonight. Um, and then you could be, you know, subbing these other guys in. You know, guys like Julian Phillips are going to have to step up and fill the role of scoring. Somebody's going to have to step up and fill that role. Tennessee doesn't have a go-to uh, a guy that's just going to step up in a, in a clutch moment and say, hey, we need a three-pointer, give me the ball. They don't have a guy like that, especially without Santiago Viscovi. I'd say he's the closest thing they've got to a, to a, a, a surgeon, is what I like to call him, somebody who's just uh, lethal you know, in clutch time. And, and that's the closest they've gotten. Without him, it's a tough way to go. So I'm looking for guys like JoJo to step up with his leadership and kind of direct some of these younger guys on what to do and, you know, step up himself a little bit. So we'll see how it goes. That's the only way you ask how, how it can be corrected. I think it goes beyond Rick Barnes at this point. I think it comes down to players going to other players saying, hey, this is what we got to have out of you. Uh, this is what we need out of you. If you can't do that, you're going to have to do what's best for the team and let the next man go. So I think it's going to come down to the players determining uh, whether or not they want to win. Uh, who wants it more, pretty much. Absolutely, and of course, through eight minutes, almost nine now, Tennessee only scoring 10 points to Mississippi State's 13. Of course, Zakai Ziegler was a hot topic of discussion on Saturday after the game with three missed layups, Josiah Jordan James missing another layup, and it just seemed like that's one of the most aggravating things for me, and I know it's aggravating for you and anybody else that's ever played the game because that square behind the rim is there for a reason. Like, there's a reason it is constructed the way it is. There's a reason the basket itself is constructed the way that it is, and it's not changed for years and years and years, and it's never going to change. Like, there's a reason that square is there, and it's like, what are we doing? Like, why can we not make the second easiest shot in basketball, the first one being a free throw? It should. You know, when you referenced earlier Chris Lofton, uh, his jersey being retired, first of all, congratulations to him. I love Chris Lofton to death. Uh, you know, we had the pleasure of having him on when I was guesting with you the week of the Kentucky football game. Class that guy. He's been nothing but just absolutely superb to me throughout my journalism career, broadcasting career. So I can't say enough about him. He's a childhood hero. So uh, congratulations to him, man. It was it was a, a moment to behold. But that being said, I think the moment was too big for some of those guys. Kentucky came in playing loose. They didn't really have a whole lot to lose. It was, well, season's pretty much gone at this point. If we come in here and somehow pull something off, it might turn stuff around. Tennessee was playing really tight. You know, the moment was too big for a lot of these guys, and that's where it comes back to having that, like I said, that surgeon, um, somebody that's been there, done that, you know, that, that can step up and use their veteran leadership to, you know, uh, make sure that cool heads prevail in situations like that. So you saw at the tail end of that game, with about two and a half minutes to go, Tennessee down four, they went into panic mode and started jacking up three-pointers, and that was really not their strong suit. You know, layups were missed, uh, plenty of layups were missed, in that game, but there were a lot of three-pointers missed. I think they shot 14% or something like that from the three-point line. So just an abysmal uh, performance from long range. And when you're not finding shots from deep, that's not going to be your answer late game. And there's no need to go into panic mode, you know, down four with two and a half left. And that's just that's just inexperience, realistically. So uh, just playing the game throughout the season, getting more game time in, getting more experience will help these guys more than anything else. But like I said a few minutes ago, I think it's going to come down to players taking over and doing this themselves. Rick Barnes, a lot of people criticize it, but I really like the way he coaches. You know, I've laid out this scenario before. You're in, you, Let's say you're in the Final Four. A lot of people, you know, condemn him for not calling timeouts or making adjustments here or there or whatever. 
But say you're in the final four, you know you're down two points or one point, whatever, with, with four seconds left. You have no timeouts. Have you got time to yell out a play? No, you don't. You're going to give it to your players, and you're going to hope they know what to do. As a coach, if you don't have to say or do anything, you've done your job. And I'll, I'll die on that hill. But um, it's just going to take the players determining who wants it more. And we'll find out which five guys want it the most for Tennessee. Green. We were talking about Chris Lofton and, you know, with the uh, All Ball podcast that I had the pleasure of doing with you and your crew over there, um, one of the things that we got to share on there was our favorite memories of Chris Lofton. And you have a very interesting one. But before we get to yours, I wanted to uh, just give a quick shout-out to the guy. Because before the Kentucky football game this year, I invited John to come down and do a show with us. And he's like, do you want me to get Chris Lofton on? I'm like, yeah, sure. And he gets him on, and I didn't really know what to think. He gets on the phone and just immediately. It's like I felt like I had been friends with a guy for 30 years. Like he was that easy to talk to. He was just so on board with coming on, didn't hold anything back, just an overall great person. And, John, tell us your story about the first time you ever met Chris Lofton. So, yeah, man, just I, I can't agree with anything you said more there before I get to my story. So, he's just a superb guy, man. I, just, I mean, like I said, he's been so cool to me for no reason whatsoever, just like I was telling you the other night on the podcast, man. He's just, just the most genuine person. He's, he's just a great guy. But So, I went to Washburn High School in Granger County, Tennessee, and we had the pleasure of going to uh, Fulton Team Camp and, you know, various team camps throughout Knoxville uh, every summer to play against you know, other teams in the metropolitan area, teams that we would never play. I went to a tiny little 1A school. Washburn's a tiny, tiny little school. So we would play the likes of Bearden, Gibbs, you know, Fulton, Austin East, teams like that that we would never, ever, 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 ever play. So we get to Fulton, and we're playing against, uh, I believe it was Knox Central uh, there in Knoxville, and I believe Stephen Pearl played for them at the time. So Bruce Pearl was in attendance, and Chris Lofton was there too with Coach Pearl, who was Coach Pearl at the time. So, you know, in between games or whatever, I go off to the restroom. You know, I you know, hit the urinal, whatever, hit the sink. And while I'm sitting there washing my hands, uh, there's a guy next to me. You know, it's his guy code. You don't look nobody in the eyes. You don't make chit-chat in the bathroom and all that stuff. So I'm just washing my hands, just, you know, washing up. And uh, the guy next to me is like, hey, you know where the napkins are, where the paper towels are, excuse me. And I'm like, uh, yeah, man, they're over there on the wall. And so I just, you know, walk on out of the restroom. And next thing I know, I hear this commotion behind me. As I'm walking out of the restroom, I'm thinking there's a fight. And I turn around, and it's Chris Lofton. Uh, there's people just like, oh my God, you're Chris Lofton. You know, he's this is prime time Chris Lofton. I mean, he's you know netting buckets for Tennessee at this time. So people are swarming him like, hey, can I get your autograph? Can I get a picture? You know, with their flip phones at the time, Motorola, Motorola razors, you know, all that good stuff. Oh, the LG Envy man. <laughs> Shout out to all the good phones back in the day, man. Those things you could have run them over with a traco and it would have done a thing. But yeah, man, everybody just and I'm thinking to myself, wow. That was Chris Lofton in the bathroom right there, which I'm kind of glad I didn't recognize him at the time because that would have been an awkward been like, oh, my God, you're Chris in the bathroom, you know. Uh, but later on after we played our game, he actually came up to me and was like, hey, man, you've got a really, really nice three-point shot. If you keep working on it, you'll be as good as I am someday. And, you know, I was the humble kid. I was like, no, nah, man, I'll never be that good, you know. But I modeled my game after him a lot. Uh, you know, my coach Aaron Clay there at Washburn High School, before I got started my senior year, he came to me. He's like, hey, you step foot inside half court, you've got the green light. Anything you want. I took advantage of it, man. I think I shot 320-something threes <laughs> my senior year, and I think I hit 48% of them. So, you know, it was, was there will never be another Chris Lofton, man. He was before Jimmer, all that stuff. There will never be. So him and J.J. Reddick were the hot topic right around that same time. They could both just 
just with ease. They you could, know, for both of them, they could pull up from forty feet. It was unreal, man. For what would have been a heave, it's it's like Joe Milton in football. You know, what's a heave for any other quarterback? It's a flick of the wrist for him. It's the same thing with Chris Lawson and and, and JJ. Uh, back in the day, man, they could just spot up anywhere, you know, three-quarter length of the court and just flick of the wrist, nothing. Make it look like nothing. So I modeled my game after him a lot, man. I, I learned that, uh, you know, I wasn't necessarily super tall. You see me. I, I was a little shorter than I was about 6'2", I guess, by senior year. And I determined that nobody would guard me if I was about four feet outside the three-point line. So I would just jack it up and had a pretty good percentage, man. So, yeah, that's, that's when I met Chris Lawson. But I've had the pleasure of dealing with him, you know, a whole bunch since then. He's invited me to various camps he's hosted. Been on the show probably a couple dozen times. Just absolutely superb human being, man. I can't say enough about it. Absolutely. And, John, NFL football going on right now. We're in the playoff picture. What in the world? I, I felt like I was in a dream last night. The Dallas Cowboys actually won a playoff game on the road against Tom Brady, who they have never beaten. Convincingly. Convincingly. It was – yeah. You know, it looked like there was when uh, Tampa Bay scored that first touchdown there, right before they decided to go for two, before the two-point conversion attempt, I thought to myself, okay, this is it. This is where Tom Brady is Tom Brady, and this is where it's going to happen, and the Cowboys are going to be the Cowboys, and, you know, it's going to happen. It just never did. It just never materialized uh, for Tampa Bay, man. And, you know, you got to credit Dallas. I mean, they're doing something. I guess we'll see what they do. I don't, like I said, my Titans are out, so I don't much. Uh, I haven't been watching a whole lot. I did catch the Ravens-Bengals game, uh, all that good stuff, man. But uh, it was the was the Bengals, right? Yeah, I think. I believe so, right? Ravens? Yes. Yes, you, are, yeah, you, okay. you correct, yeah. Making sure I was a little fuzzy. I was like, oh, my gosh, hopefully it wasn't like the Browns or somebody. I just, but, again, it's all a blur for me when, when it's not the Titans, man. If it's not two-tone, I don't really care. So, um, But, uh, you know, Huntley did not look fantastic last night. You know, made this, made the, went with a sneak. Uh, and then his coach and his teammates kind of threw him under the bus. wasn't a big fan of that one. Uh, you know, you got to handle that stuff in private. That's that's how I am about that. But again, man, it's uh, the NFL is crazy. It's a crazy world. That uh, Jacksonville Chargers game was was one for the ages the other night, and it's just it's been wild, man. I guess we'll see what plays out. But I got the Bills. Interesting pick and some stats from tonight's game. Zakai Ziegler has two points, five turnovers. Uh, Tennessee has ten turnovers. Points off turnovers. Tennessee two. Mississippi State, 10. 10. 10 turnovers and 10 points total. Do we hit 20 before this half is over? No. So people forget that Mississippi State's a pretty good defensive team, and I think coming into this game they thought, oh, well, we're going to bounce back from the Kentucky game with a big emphatic victory. No, I, I saw this coming, uh, you know, especially without Vescovi. This is a big worry against a pretty good defensive team, a team that's got some, some good length, some good speed, uh, good size. They're a pretty good culmination of all three, so – uh, when you're not scoring, you know, pretty much at will, you're going to struggle, uh, especially on the road at the hump of all places. You know, that's a, that's a pretty tough venue. So uh, these guys are going to have to get it together. I mean, if they fall behind by too much, it's going to be, you know, too little, too late. So if they don't get it uh, figured out real soon, it's going to be a long night. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's tough to watch. We are sitting here with seven minutes and 40 seconds left in the first half. And only have 10 points. You mentioned Mississippi State, a pretty good defensive team. They are fifth in the nation in scoring defense. Tennessee second, uh, trailing Houston in that category. So, I mean, you're not wrong. This is a very good uh, defensive Mississippi State team. Uh, John, wanted to give you a minute to uh, go ahead and plug the All Ball podcast that you have started up in the past month. Yeah, so guys, over at the All Ball Call-In Show, uh, we do the live shows and stuff. We kind of, you know, 
slowed those down just a little bit as, as football seasons wound down and whatnot. We will be picking those back up soon, but uh, we've kind of shifted focus a little bit to a new project, the All Ball Podcast, which we have the delight of having Mr. Jake Miller here uh, with us on. And it's a great time, man. We've got some great guys, Trevor Shelby, Dallas Bolin, Joe Davis, everybody that joins us, William Allen. I mean, we have a great Zach Strickland. I could go on and on about all the great guys we have. Uh, but it's a great time, and it's it's a big podcast. There's a lot of us. It's a panel-type discussion, but we pretty much discuss a little bit of everything on there. Uh, had some issues uploading it this week. We're going to re-record it tomorrow, but luckily we'll be able to discuss the Mississippi State game as well. Going to be talking a little bit about the new rankings for the on three uh, rankings that just came out. We'll talk about those hopefully in a second with Mr. Miller here. But, uh, yeah, it's a great, man. We're really enjoying it. Uh, really, really enjoy that we have Mr. Miller here. He's a wealth of knowledge and he's got the best voice in the business, so – we're lucky to have him uh, with us, and like I said, we got a great group of guys. So if you guys like podcasts, you're, you'll be able to find that. Just find all the All Ball Calling Show stuff on Facebook, allballcallingshow.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Again, find all that stuff, uh, and then all the links and good stuff, and you can just listen to it however you want to there on SoundCloud. We're going to have it up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify just as soon as we can. Got to build up a little bit of a library. But, yeah, dude, it's a super fun time, and I'm glad we have you, Jake. It's super fun to do, man. Oh, I'm really enjoying that. And you just uh, mentioned uh, Nico jumping up to number one overall in the on-three rankings for the class of 2023, surpassing Arch Manning. And another big surprise that you led me on to earlier, and I hadn't even noticed it yet, Nathan Leacock jumping into the top 50 ahead of Carnell Tate, a guy that Tennessee was pushing hard for there towards the end before losing that battle to Ohio State. And just want to get your thoughts on that and just the overall recruiting angle that we're doing, man. I just – I can't be more happy about what's going on with our football program right now, and I think it's going to continue that way for years to come. Hey, man, I hope you're right. You know, we talked about this for a while, since long before the football season got going. The best thing for recruiting is winning, and that's something that Tennessee did this year. You know, for the first time since 2001, you win 11 games in the season, that's going to turn some heads. You have the number one offense in the in the country for the entire season. That's going to turn some heads. You've got guys winning yearly awards, such as the Bolitnikoff, going to turn some heads. You've got a Heisman front runner for most of the season. Going to turn some heads. So Tennessee's been getting attention, rightfully so. And for uh, Nico to be ranked the number one recruit in the country now uh, per on three is absolutely astonishing. Those guys have really been on the up and up in terms of recruiting. If you look, a lot of other recruiting services are starting to follow their model. I think on three is the biggest up and coming, you know, recruiting service in my opinion. Um, they're doing a great job, and I'm not just saying that because the rankings favor Tennessee players, but. They really have been doing a, a superb job. But, uh, you know, David Hobbs, again, coming in ranked 26th now, uh, going to be a great addition to that defense. And then you've got guys like Nathan Leacock. Now, I was turned on to him by a guy named Dale Dowden, uh, who's a great friend of mine. He was formerly with the uh, Volunteer Country of SI. Now he's doing ball report, um, doing all the stuff with ball report. He's their leading recruiting analyst, man. He does a great job. And he told me long, long, long before uh, Leacock even committed, he's like, listen, this guy's the real deal. And I was, and this was during all the Carnell Tate madness. And he's like, "Listen, this guy's the real deal. You talk about a guy that could flourish under under Heupel, this would be the guy." And according to this recruiting service, man, they have found a gym. You know, you and I discussed before. Anybody that's ever played the Madden or NCAA games go through the recruiting aspect of it or scouting, and you find that hidden gym, and you're just like, "Oh yes!" And then you, you know, you develop in one season. He's like a 94 overall. That's what Nathan Leacock could be. This kid possesses every possible attribute to be just an outstanding wide receiver. And the, we talked about this earlier. The Tennessee has the scariest wide receiver room in the country by probably two entire full depth charts. Uh, 
I mean, it's absolutely scary to think of what they could have. What I think they start with next year, and this is what I kind of hope they start with, this would, this would be my top four receivers, and this is no offense to anybody that's on the team now or has played before, but I'd be going with Brew, I'd be going with Thornton, I'd be going with Keaton, and I'd be going with uh, Leacock. Those would be my top four wide receivers. Every one of those guys are prototypical uh, with Leacock, Thornton being kind of hybrid style, big body run, uh, wide receivers. Possession receivers with speed, Brew being a big body receiver, Ramel being one of those hybrid type receivers. You've got four talented, talented wide wide receivers, and I would compare uh, Ramel Keaton to somebody like Josh Palmer. I would compare Leacock to somebody like Jalen Hyatt. And Brew, much like Juwan Jennings, and Thornton, I would say he's probably a better Justin Hunter. That's those are my four guys that I'd be going with, and that is a scary, scary combination. I'm telling you right now, any one of those four guys could catch a Milton missile, and I'm patenting. Milton Missile, by the way. So. Absolutely. John, tell us where to find your stuff, man. We'll let you run. Guys, as always, you can find all of our stuff. You can find it on Facebook. It's the super easiest way to do it. You can see that'll lead you to everything else. But just search up All Vol Call-In Show in your search bar on Facebook. Super easy to find. Uh, you can find our stuff, allvolcallinshow.com, most of our articles and things like that, pretty much everything else as well. And then you can find me on Twitter at JXHN. D-U-N-N. And, of course, we've got the All Vol podcast, which will be coming out. We're probably going to put out the next episode on Thursday. Uh, and then you can find that on SoundCloud until we get it up on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. But, guys, I really appreciate you all having me. Hopefully, Vols can turn it around right here against Mississippi State. Absolutely. John, thanks so much, man. Appreciate you, bro. All righty. That is John Dunn of the All Vol call-in show, making his presence felt on the Big Orange Phillies phone lines. Go check him out at theallvolcallinshow.com. Stay with us. Overtime continues. Final segment coming up right here on Fan Run Radio. I just want to know what we're watching right now. Like this is this is a uh, pathetic man. This P-A-T-H-E-T-I-C. is unacceptable basketball. H E T I C pathetic in all caps. Can you spell it again? P A T H E T I C. I mean, this is probably the worst brand of basketball I've seen in a while. What did Cowan say? 20 before halftime, and we're at 13 with three and a half minutes to go. Um, we have 13 points on 14. 13 points and 10 turnovers. We're shooting a whopping five for 20 from the field and two for 13 from three. We're not being aggressive. Mississippi State has 10 more shot, 10 more free throws than us. My and they can't even hit their free throws, but we can't take advantage of it. Dude, we're on pace to score like 34 points for the game. Uh, hey, man, did you see Jemai Meshack lose both of his shoes? Yeah, man, I saw that. i tell you what, man, and I'm not trying to just absolutely dog this team, but it is a shame that we have some of the best fans in the world and they got to sit here and watch this trash. Hey, 14 now. Uh, you're a little bit behind us. Yeah, you're, you're a little bit behind us, buddy. Don't care, Trump. Get better connection. Get better TV service. Pay your bill. Don't, <laughs> don't care. Callan has a cricket phone. That, <laughs> that is my uh, that's my favorite go-to when somebody starts lagging in Call of Duty. Yeah, pay bills. Pay your bill. Yeah, pay bill. Pay Comcast. Yep. Sign the check. But this is uh, just a. Um, is that the under four timeout? Well, did somebody take an actual timeout? I have no earthly idea, to be honest with you. Kansas is getting uh, played right now, Kansas State. They, Kansas State was just up 32-19. to It's now 38-32. Wow. Yeah. 34-38 now. Yep. Yeah. I, will, I will say this. Uh, U.S. had a rebound, and 
I don't know who it was, wide open on the three-point line. The U.S. decides to go up and throw up a, I guess you'd call it a hook shot, maybe. Ah, Kareem. <laughs> no. Yeah, U.S. and Kareem. All right. Uh, I mean, it's, I mean, he's playing out of body now. He's acting like he's the next uh, David Robinson down there. Well, if he wants to play ball at the professional level, whether that be in the United States or overseas, he's going to have to do something. But this is just – there's no excuse to have 17 points. As little as 17 points with two minutes and 30 seconds left in the first half. Um, I guess Muscovy really does make it run, although there's not a ton to run because our offense is just – it's bad either way whether he's on the court or not. I mean, we scored – John Dunn's talking about this is a good defensive team, but we scored 87 points on them. I mean, that's like, the, they still are. They're still the number fifth ranked uh, defensive scoring team in the country. I'm not buying it, man. We should be killing these losers right now. We should be. We very well should be, and we're getting waxed. <sighs> I, I said it was going to be ugly. I didn't think it would be this ugly. Snooze fest. I mean, and that's that sums it up. Yeah, this this is a lethargic game, as Davis called it. What's now the rim is bent or something? No, uh, one of the uh, loops in the net have fallen down. So now they got to go get a ladder. Uh, not that big of a deal, man. Just, just play without it. I mean, Mississippi State. I promise is you, here. it does not affect you that much. Mississippi State is out here trying to. Are they going to lower this now? They are about to lower the stanchion. Nice. nice. Oh, what if this just falls back on this dude? <laughs> uh, like uh, Shaq did at the Phoenix Suns Arena, man. Oh, let me put this loop back in the other loop. Oh, oh you need to lower it more, dude. <laughs> it was at eye level. Oh, my goodness. Three people to fix one loop. Mississippi State education right here. <laughs> well, you need a 16 on your ACT? Don't you get like uh, probably a five. <laughs> I, don't, I think you get a five and put your name on oh, it. Oh, they're changing out the entire net. Nice. Oh, nice. Hey, maybe this is the... That's the only time they're going to be cutting down a net. Yep. <laughs> maybe this is a change of game right here. Maybe this maybe this uh, gives Tennessee a little momentum coming out of this. Doubt what it. are we doing here guys I mean, love this fat love this fat guy in the back just clapping <laughs> <laughs> oh man just let him have it i mean goodness i mean the thing is this is just it's not that we're wanting to rag on the basketball team it's just bad basketball it's just hard to watch yeah and it's been this way for a long time did we really peak in november this year <laughs> <laughs> the oh battle with Atlantis. Hey man, uh, the bad boy mowers champs. Would you rather watch paint dry or this? I could That's think it. of about fifty other things that I could be doing in my life right now. Yep. That don't include the Vols or the Bulldogs. Yep. <sighs> this is uh, this is tough to watch here. Somebody you just got to pull this out somehow, some way. I don't know how you do, but I need to uh, see. Uh, I need to see a little resiliency. I need to see some fight, some energy, something. This camera guy just wink at the other camera guy. Who is this guy on TV? I have no. It's like Jeffrey Simmons. It... Callan has no idea who that is because he's a, a casual. A, a, some Titans player, man. Yeah. Yep, he is. D tackle. Yep. Yep. I, I know who Jeffrey Simmons is. Casual. 
Devontae goes, who is this? I, I don't know. NFL players. I don't know. NFL players by their face, man. There's no names. Okay, don't speaking of making one. fun of each other and the way we talk, listening to everyone order food, and I want you, everybody that's listening, still, if you are, if you're listening on the podcast tomorrow or whenever you're listening, pay attention to the way your friends <laughs> order to go food. Davis rags on Matthew every time he gets the chicken pasta with no tomatoes and no mushrooms. Uh, what's wrong with that? I mean, he just does the same thing every time. It's the same exact thing, man. It takes like switch it up a little bit, man. I mean, if it's not if it's not broke, don't fix it. Well, you know what's bad is like I'll order like more professional than what I sound on radio. It's the weirdest thing ever. I call my favorite wing place. Hey, yeah, can I get um, 30 wings? Can I get 15 of those hot? 15 garlic. Will that be it? That'll be it. Okay, we'll see when we get here. Davis. Yeah, can I get the potato cracklings? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, personally, I wouldn't take this disrespect. Hey, man, I always say please and thank you. I'm always, I always have my manners. Calendar just goes in there. Yup. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> about the only words. Hey, man, I don't care, man. Thanks, boss. Walk out. Uh, I've got a friend, and he, he sounds nothing like this, so I don't know why he orders this way, but he'll be at McDonald's. Yeah, can I get a Happy Meal with chicken nuggets with fries and a Coke to drink? And let me get a filet of fish. I mean, if your buddy's getting filet of fish, he's doing something wrong with his life. That's how he got his name when he was on the Blitz. Man, filet of fish is the worst thing to get at McDonald's. I'd rather get... He swears know, they're the best thing ever when they're piping hot. When are they piping hot? Once a year? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, piping hot? Yeah, that's... Uh, a piping hot? Piping hot, filet of fish. There's two things that never happen that you never <laughs> see at McDonald's. Bryson, give me your McDonald's order. Well, I don't go to McDonald's, but... Uh, Give me your Chick-fil-A order. All right. Uh, spicy sandwich, no pickles, large fry, eight-count nugget, buffalo sauce, and usually a high C. Ugh. What? High C, man. Only 12 years old. Oh, come on. I do like a good high C. I'm not right even here. ragging on the high C. Just, I mean, come on, man. No spicy chicken sandwich. Stick to the basics. Wait, you can't handle the heat? Nah, not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Not worth it on the other end. <laughs> <laughs> now that I can, I can um, get behind. Now that is that is one hundred percent a fact. Um, yeah. You know, Adam and I we had a bad uh, we had a bad lunch experience last week. It was not not fun. Not nice. Nice. No. Chipotle. Mm. Nice. <laughs> nice. Not good. Not good at all. That is gonna do it for us while we go home and watch the rest of this sloppy basketball game. Goodness. Thank you, Davis. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you. Thank you, Bryson. Thank you. Something else coming up next here on WKGN. Tune in tomorrow for 3 and Out right here on Fan Run Radio.